Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. We are walking with you on your journey to wholeness. And guess, guess who is in the house today? Who? Who's here? Boo! I'm here! It's the big C! He's back! (laughs) Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Thank you for coming back. you've had some great shows, though. Uh, You have interviewed some great people. I loved it. Francina Maloney. Allie right. English, we've had right. a lot of great diversity on this show. We love it. Cool. So we're getting into the day. We are going to talk about, well, we've been talking, you know, this this month about body image. And we've talked about um, diversity in terms of white women, black women. And now we want to talk about men and body image, which... I think a lot of times people think that most people that have, you know, self-image issues are women and and girls. But there is a huge, in fact, back in the 90s, I think there was this, you know, term called the Adonis complex where men believed that they were only attractive if they looked like this big muscular, you know, they had a right. six pack. And and so we let's talk a little bit about Males and body image and what you guys think about yourselves. I think it, it plays a large part in, in men's lives, just as much as it does women's lives. But there's, like you said, there's that stereotype uh, associated with it. I pulled up some information on um, the National Eating Disorder Association's website, uh, NIDA. Um, I thought it was a great article. So I'm just going to read the first uh, part of it. But it says the eating disorders are gender neutral, but they have been routinely characterized as a woman's problem. The stereotypical person with anorexia nervosa is a rich, white, adolescent girl, which is far from reality because anorexia affects all genders, ages, races, and socioeconomic classes. I think all, all not just eating disorders, disordered eating, body image issues, those are things cross gender lines just as everything else does. Right, because it's a mental health issue. Correct. Right. And so I just wanted to, to sort of put out there that, you know, we, you know, we have this in, at MANA Fund, we have this national eating disorder scholarship program where we try to help people who have significant and severe eating disorders go into treatment. And over the last 12 years, we've, I've known just, you know, known of two of the people that have lost their lives due to us not having enough funding. One was a female at 22 and another one was a male and he was a little bit older. He was like in his early 40s. Um, I tried to reach out to his mother uh, to find out what happened, but uh, I never reached her. So we've lost two, a male and a female. Right. I think it's, it's important, one, that he was a male, but also the age as well, forty in his 40s. Right. Um, and that shows that, that crossing age lines or barriers, there's... There's not an age, there's not a gender, there's not a socioeconomic status that that makes you immune to having, whether it's body image issues or concerns or eating disorder, disordered eating. And I think one of the things with men, 
that is different from with women. Oftentimes with women, you want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with men, oftentimes we want to gain weight. We want to gain that. that but not weight. in your belly. Not in our belly, right? We want to we gain some muscle weight. We want to get toned. We want to look a certain way. Um, and, and then there's a, a study I remember of a swimmer that I, I read about, and he had a uh, muscle deformity. And he talked about the, the stress he was constantly under because there was a, a concave in his chest. Mm. Uh, some to some degree, and just his concern and different things that he had done about that, and having to, as a swimmer, having to have his shirt off, mm-hmm. and just the stress he was constantly under about how he looked to other people, um, and men experience that just as right. well as, as women do. Well, and I think you know the thought and the feeling and the belief that cuts across all ages and stages and genders is if I don't feel comfortable in my body, then I'm going to project that discomfort probably on my body. And so I think that is kind of an underlying feature. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel loved. I don't feel safe inside here. And I'm trying to figure out how to control that. So the most natural thing and the easiest thing for me to control is my body. Right. And with there's been direct correlations found with substance, not substance abuse, but, but steroids and, and other body enhancing drugs uh, on college campuses uh, and even in athletic programs. And it's not necessarily for performance enhancement as much as it is for body enhancement to have that look, to be more attractive, more appealing. You know, when I was in grad school uh, for my doctorate in psychology, I worked at a gym because Health and fitness has, has always been, you know, because I came from an eating disorder, and so it's always been part of my life. And you're athletic yourself. And I'm a very athletic person. Um, and I remember the guys at the gym. I mean, this was like a muscle head kind of a gym. And th- that a lot of them would be on steroids. And because of a friend of mine that was, you know, one of these guys, he would tell he wasn't on steroids, but he had a friend on steroids and he would tell me all the side effects of both the men and the women that were on side that were on steroids. And like just all of the like his friend, this guy that was on, he said he would become enraged and become like a bull in a china shop and he could destroy anything in his pathway and that it wasn't like he could necessarily control that because of the over steroid use. And so it was it was really um, it was disturbing in terms of when people get to where they feel like they have to be that big and that strong to be, have to enhance it that way. When it becomes a part of your identity. And that, I think that's a, exactly. that's a big part of it. When now my identity is tied into how I look or, or at least what you just said, how I feel, because mm-hmm. how I look may be having a, a permanent effect on how I feel. And so I feel better when I think I look better. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it, and there's so many different ways of, of looking at this because it's not always a, just about looks of uh, the, the physical appearance, just like with, with women. And there's sometimes it's, it's, um, I've known of individuals who were taller mm-hmm. and because they were taller, they felt like they, they didn't fit into the mold. They felt uncomfortable around other people, especially if they were, they're taller and they're not athletic. Oh, so, so how tall are we talking? I'm talking six, seven, you know, or, or, or taller See, in terms or, of women or, or even, even not as six, three. Whereas just I 
the individuals who are in, in my circle, I am an awkward individual. Really? Because it's interesting because like I've known men actually have a picture from the, I don't know, late eighties or early nineties where there was a friend of mine and he was six eleven, and he had his arms crossed like, you know, like you would cross them over your, your chest and they were resting on my shoulders. He was so tall. But I think that in terms of females um, wanting to, quote, date a male, we like tall. Right. The taller, the better. But for that individual, again, feeling comfortable in their own skin. Yeah, that's I've just never heard that. That's interesting. And and I've like I said, I've known males who were tall, who did not play sports, who did not play basketball. And they they, they told me about constantly being asked. Right. Do you play basketball? And it's like, no. Stop asking me. I don't play basketball just because I'm, you know, but I obviously don't say that. But that's that's the thought um, and trying just to find peace with their size. But I, I guess I can understand, like, if you don't feel comfortable in your skin, like who you are, the taller you are, the more you do stand out. People do take notice of you. And so you're constantly in this position of, oh, look at that guy. Oh, look at that guy. Wow. Look how tall he is. How tall are you? Like, I know when I see really tall people, I'm always like, okay, well, there's the basic question. How tall are you? And, you know, and so you know that they get that all the time. There's been times that I've not asked that question because I I recognize you probably hear this a million times. I'm I'm not going to be the million and one. (laughs) I've worked with with individuals who like like at an event or something, volunteering for something. And we may spend the entire day together and I never ask them anything having to do with their height just because I know and I hear other people. And I, but I, I don't want to be that person <laughs> yeah. Just, because, I, you know, they're, they're going to hear it all day. But it's, it's the same thing as someone who weighs 350 pounds and they're 5'8". Okay. Or 5'3". Oh, my goodness. Exactly. And what 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 all are they internalizing throughout right. the entire day? <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, and there was one time I was at the movies and I remember seeing a female and she must have been seven foot tall. I'm not lying. Wow. Not she was so tall, and I just thought, I mean, I just felt sorry for her. Like that's just so grotesquely like big, and not, she wasn't big in terms of size, but just tall. In fact, she was extremely thin. But I just, I was like, oh, that must be awful. <laughs> like I would, I just had a lot of compassion for her. You're just, I think your day to day is going to be different for for. Mm-hmm. A, Different from the norm again, which goes into Buying the stereotype, clothes. right? Just the, the little Shoes. things. Yeah, um, walking into houses and buildings and to duck down. So it's, it's it's different. So you have to think about what all are these individuals going through. Like, like I said, mm. what are they internalizing? What are they feeling? Right. Um, so all right, let's let's come at it. Oh, I tell you what, we're going to talk about the internal psyche of a male because I have two of them in the room with me uh, after this commercial break, and we again think our sponsors and we need you we love you please contact me if you would like to sponsor so could your nonprofit use ten thousand dollars per month in free google advertising since 2003 google has donated free advertising to over 20,000 nonprofits in over 50 countries throughout the world they've helped them raise millions of dollars in cash donations recruiting and volunteer work and in raising awareness for their causes Visit epicgrowth.com, that's E-P-I-C-growth.com, to see if your nonprofit organization is eligible for this $10,000 in free advertising today. 
Are you looking to buy, sell, or invest in a home? Call my friend of 10 years, Francina Maloney. She can help you with all of your real estate needs. Her goal is to have you as a client for life. She will listen to you and find exactly what you are looking for. And as always, 10% of her gross commission goes to the MANA Fund. Thank you so much, Francina. You can call Francina at 770-861-3821. That's 770-861-3821. Welcome back to Food, Faith, and Feelings. Uh, today we're talking about males and body image. I think uh, it's, a, it's a great topic. We Oftentimes when you're talking about body image, you're talking about dieting, you're talking about eating disorders. Exercise. Exercise. You know, usually we're talking about it from a woman's perspective or, or just the general population. Those are, uh, when you think of dieting, often what woman's magazine doesn't have Twenty articles in it, or twenty makes me sick. Adver- advertisements. About. We have to take them out of our waiting o- uh, in our lobby at the in the wa- in our waiting room at Mana right. because I don't want people to be bombarded by that stuff. Right. And if you look at if if a women's women's magazine is full of dieting advertisements, what's in a man's magazine? Same thing. Some dieting, but you're gonna find cars and bulking up. As far as oh. as far as the body goes, you're gonna find articles and male enhancement, male enhancement to bulk up, to get stronger, to to more ma- muscle mass. It's about and, so maybe it's about like this is how you become a more powerful masculine exactly. man. Exactly. You want to be, do better at your job, get some more muscles. You want better sex life, better love life, get some more muscles. That's that's the cure. That's the key. And we. And it's so not true. That. No, it's by no means. And so we internalize this. We hear this message from our youth all the way up. I mean, young high school boys, what are they lifting weights for? Are they lifting weights because they want to be in shape or the dream of bulking up and, and being well, big? And it's like, okay, where where's the character in this? Right. Because what you marry, what you're friends with, who you're working around is somebody's character. Yeah, you, but you know, there's not a high school boy in the world that, thinking about that <laughs> i hope you know what there are oh some goodness. i think that's a lie i i think there are some amazing parents out there i agree that you. will like talk to their children about who they are versus what they look like and what they are and what they do like it's it's about well i guess it is about what you do in terms of how do you treat people mm-hmm. in fact like when I wake up in the morning, one of my favorite things to do is just look through Facebook. It's just kind of like it wakes me up. And one of the things that I saw this morning was about, it's a video, and it asked these children, you know, probably five, six, seven, what makes them different? And so you might have a little a little black girl and a little redheaded white boy, and they're talking about the differences. And, you know, it's not like what their physical appearance is. It's like, well... She likes to bike ride and I like to throw the baseball. And so it's really, really interesting. Like, and it, you know, there's probably half a dozen of these kids and actually two of the boys in the same thing. They look alike. I don't know if they're um, twins, but they looked alike and they were like, they were just having a really hard time finding out what was different about them. And they finally were like, well, he likes peanut butter and jelly and I like, 
pastrami or something. And it was <laughs> right. just, it was like so amazing, like how we really, when we're first um, coming into the world, our brain is so different than what society is teaching right. us. Right. And that's, that's important right there. What society is teaching. We, because the messages that we hear and we internalize, um, that's, that's a big part of it. For young men, I think um, seeking that muscularity is we're taught that that's attractive. Where if, if a young lady is taught that being thin or being having a certain body size or shape, for men is taught to be toned or that's, that's, that's what is taught to be appealing. Right. But there's been several studies done on that. Um, uh, studies showing where 25% of normal weight males perceive themselves to be underweight. Um, 90% of teenage boys exercise with the goal of bulking up. And, uh, and among college-age men, 68% say they have too little muscle. And, um, and that kind of goes into uh, the body or muscle dysmorphia. Right. And uh, most people are familiar with body dysmorphia, but with muscle dysmorphia, which uh, obviously affects mostly men, Mm-hmm. Uh, you have men who are could be of of well sized muscular men who don't see themselves as whereas an anorexic individual with anorexia may see themselves as being overweight when they're very thin, and male with bodies male or muscle dysmorphia sees themselves as being thin or small with no muscle mass, and in actuality, like dude, you look like the Incredible Hulk already. <laughs> But unable to see that, and and just something else that, that where therapy and and treatment can come into play. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, it's just so interesting. Um, I was just thinking about the whole dysmorphic. You know, we have gender dysmorphia and body dysmorphia, and those things can cover such a broad range. And basically, the dysmorphia is I don't really like what I see. Right. And I want to Ultimately, change it. That's what it is. Exactly. I don't like who I am. I don't like what I see. I don't like how I feel. And I was actually um, running uh, one of our groups in our IOP PHP program on um, what was it on <laughs> trauma resolution is what it was on on trauma resolution. Okay. And um, we were talking about how we, you know, God created us to have relationships. And from those relationships, we develop thoughts about who we are. And from those thoughts, like the I am statements, we then begin to feel. So if we think, you know, well, I am not important, then we begin to feel sad or undervalued or whatever. And then that leads to what we do. And so we we put it, you know, across kind of in a, in a little metric across. And so a lot of times people want to change how they feel and what they do. And in reality, what where the power is in changing is in my relationships and communicating how I think and feel and in what I think about myself. Right. We have the power to change um, how I think about myself instead of saying I'm not good enough to I'm okay. Like I don't have to be perfect. So there's there's a broad range of how you can view yourself. And so just I think it's amazing. Like God has created us so different like i don't know how he does it but every single human being there's nothing there's no one like them even people that are identical twins or triplets like they have the the identical dna but they are not the same person and you know that if you get to know them and so like how in the world for how many hundreds or thousands of years have we existed and not one person is the same and i think that if we could value that our uniqueness 
and how we have our own designated plan and life and nobody is supposed to do that but me. Like that's that's really what's cool about being alive. Because Carlos can't do what Jeannie's going to do, and Jeannie can't do what Carlos is going to do. Albert Einstein said, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Oh, I love that. And that's that's the, the beauty of recognizing who we are, our, yeah. our individual uniqueness. Um, but too often, because of we, we live in a, a, a society, a culture of the, the comparison trap, we've talked about that yes. multiple times. Uh, and Sandra's uh, going to be on uh, in the next couple of weeks with that. Right. I'm so excited to do that interview. We, Whenever there's, a, there's an issue with ourselves, oftentimes it stems with what, what or who are we comparing ourselves to? Why, why do we see fault in this aspect of our lives? Is it because we are, it's not where someone else is? Or even if, if when we judge ourselves based on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We we have to know the difference between an ideal of something. You know, we're so sometimes we get so caught up in the idea of what this is going to be, and then the actuality of it doesn't live up to the ideal, and right. so therefore we we downplay it or we dismiss it. Well, you know, we 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 both know that when we are working with people that have um, identity issues, that you know, if if a guy sets his limit at you know, okay, well, my goal is is going to be to bench you know, 250. And then when they hit that benchmark, it's not like, wow, I made it. This is great. I'm a, I feel great about myself. It's well, all right, now I got to up it up, you know, bump, pump it up 285. to 285. Right. It's like, it's never good enough because that's what you ultimately believe about yourself. And so whatever your goal is, isn't good enough. Um, and then I also had another thought about comparison and the comparison trap. And then I have a necklace that says, Comparison is the thief of joy. You can't be happy. Like somebody always loses when you compare yourself. Like either I'm going to lose or you're going to lose. Instead of uh, the celebrating the individual uniqueness. I, it's, it's what you said. We, we all have a part to play. We all have, a, you know, it's like that key that fits the door. Mm-hmm. I am a key that fits. There's a door that only call us. Right. And open. that's you're supposed to walk through that door and nobody else. Nobody else. Exactly. Right. All right. Well, it is. Um, this has been a great show. It has. Uh, I like having you back, bud. <laughs> I missed you. Glad I like his his deep voice provides a little passion to the show. <laughs> and now it's time for our verse of the week. It is Romans six thirteen. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. And I believe that that is really why we have this physical house on this earth is to do what God wants us to do, to do only the thing that we can do to serve God. So please take that to heart this week. Thank you, Carlos. I'm so glad to have you back and we will see you guys next week.